Welcome to Overanalyzing, a conversational podcast that explores pop culture, literature, and media. I'm Paige, and this week we're overanalyzing Love is Blind, the new reality dating series on Netflix that follows a bunch of singles as they try to fall in love based on an emotional connection only. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Overanalyzing. I'm Paige, and this week I have a special, different guest with me than Cole. It is the third Smith sibling, my older brother, Dane. Dane, welcome. Glad to be here. How's so it going? So happy to have you. It's going great. We've been sitting here with our notes, excited to chat, and I've been excited to chat with you about this show because you watched it mm-hmm. and loved it. Mm-hmm. And as usual, we text each other when we do these types of things. Of course. And so <laughs> this show is a wild fucking <laughs> journey. And if you haven't yet seen it, I would, I mean, I would recommend Highly watching recommend it. it. Yeah. yeah. Binge it. It's all out there now. It's all out there. And if, I mean, if you're if you were like, okay, there's no way I'm gonna watch this, but I'm still interested in the juice, then we got you, and we're here to give it all to you today. But Dana, okay, I want to start just by general thoughts on this show because it was truly absurd. Yeah, I mean, I don't generally, I truly only really watch Below Deck. <laughs> <laughs> that's your as, as far that's as your like one reality show. reality shows go. No, that's not true. You're a big. Well, anything to do with Alaska. Anything to do with Alaska. Or gold. Yeah, or gold. Dane is your guy. I'm all about it. Um, And there are more shows than it's possible to count with Alaska either in the title or the location is is there. Is in Alaska, yeah. Yeah, so you're a big Alaska guy, big below deck guy, which is also a phenomenal show. Mm -hmm. We've been fans from the start. But this was your first reality dating uh, pod, er, through and show. through. I yeah. mean, you know, I've seen some of the other ones, parts, but... Have you seen The Bachelor? Not from, like, beginning to end. I mean, who, you, who needs to see it from yeah. beginning to end to understand what's it, going I, on there, right? Enough to get the gist, of course. You've got the gist. Yeah, yeah. so this was your first one, and, and what were your thoughts? Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of highs, a lot of lows. <laughs> the highs were high. Highs were real high, and the, the lows were cringeworthy. The lows were bleak. Man. Hard to watch. Yeah. There were many moments when I kind of just covered my eyes, or I had to just look at my phone all of a sudden because I felt so uncomfortable watching these So people. awkward. I think I bit off all my nails. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. and, and that's... <laughs> that's saying a lot. That's there saying a lot. There wasn't much to begin yeah, with, honestly. Yeah, there never really is. But so, okay, but you liked it. Yeah. You were totally it. compelled. Okay, why do you, why did you like it so much? Um, I mean, I always, I think I really like the idea of love, mm. too. Aww. And it's always fun, you know, seeing people navigate that. Totally. And it's just, it's always fun to speculate on people's lives when you're not like there yourself, like what you would do or how you would feel or, yeah. Completely. I think, I mean, the love comment is very cute, Mm -hmm. but it does, it's so true, right? It appeals to everyone's nature, which is we want to be desired. We want to be loved and we want Mm -hmm. to love in return. And it's, that's endlessly fascinating to watch especially when they do it in this type of format, which I think was a really compelling format. I think, yeah. you know, I I am a big 
uh, watcher of all of the like dating reality shows. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the the way that they set this one up because for a few reasons. First of all, it's As far just, as like just being not able to – we didn't even say what the show is yet. Oh, hi, guys. We're going to yeah. talk about Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> we just went straight in. We just went straight in because okay. you know when you're when you're here with your brother, you just fall into that natural rapport. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Love Is Blind. If you haven't seen the show, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and do you want to give out. a little one liner about the premise? Okay, so it's basically I think I, I missed I didn't watch like the first twenty minutes of the show because mom was watching it downstairs, and that's when I came in. And you're, saw the, it. you're not qualified to discuss yeah. this anymore. Uh, you're and you're that's the end of the, the episode. <laughs> you guys, that's <laughs> Thank it. Thank you for coming. Any suggestions for a new host, please send them my way. Um, so I, I have like a whole dossier here prepared. <laughs> um, you, okay, listeners, he literally has <laughs> a manila a, folder. A manila folder. Full. He actually wrote Love is Blind on the end, which as someone who's always searching for a new blank manila folder, I'm really impressed with the commitment that mm-hmm. for this single podcast yeah. you decided to, like, you can't reuse that no, now. No, this is it. It's dedicated to Love is Blind. Yeah. All right. So you have your dossier. Okay. So it's basically, I think it said there was 16 women and 13 men, and they're basically separated into houses, I guess, um, where... All the men are in one, all the women are the other, and then there's these pods, like uh, basically like a miniature living room with this like living glowing wall. Very red. Lots yeah. of red light, yeah. red tones in yeah. there. Yeah. A good room to drink in, which it seemed like a lot of them were doing. Yeah, get cozy on that couch. Uh-huh. And basically you talk to this wall, and on the other side of it in a pod is another person another guy right so it's speed dating essentially Uh without right blind without seeing the person so the whole point as nick and uh, vanessa lachey would tell us that (laughs) the whole point is to form an emotional connection by the way did you love that in the very first i mean maybe you didn't see this part but in the first like 10 minutes they're explaining the premise and nick goes psychologists say an emotional bond is the key to a good relationship and i was just like no shit. That's the most obvious thing ever. But I guess, you know, the flip side of that is that yeah. they're trying to say the emotional bond is more important. Got it. To long-term relationship also, than physical bond. Also, hasn't Nick Lachey been divorced before? To Jessica Simpson, yes. Yeah. So is that- tell-all is apparently very juicy. I guess that's I neither read. here nor there. But. <laughs> Next podcast, you guys. Um so that's the premise, and I liked that format, the pod specifically, because number one, I feel like it neutralizes uh, or it evens the playing field, I'll say. So mm-hmm. on a typical show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, you have one person who's the lead, and then you have 25 plus other people vying for that one individual's attention. So it feels like a competition. And there's this imbalance of power that the person who is the lead has all the control, all the power, all the decision-making, and then the other people are just subject to that person's whims, which often right. – Which I know in this, there is a sense of that they are competing, but it's one-on-one and you're not doing it in front of everyone else or like in the bachelor or bachelorette, you know, like someone will be talking to someone and then someone bumps in yeah. and interrupts and then that – Totally. Is part of the whole thing. This is very just one-on-one. Right. And I think it kind of – it it 
gives both genders equal power in the situation because they're not vying for a rose. They're not vying for a final spot. It's like you said, it's one-on-one and the end goal is marriage, I suppose, but they're also all genuinely doing it for love versus, oh, I made the top spot. I was the one who got the final rose, Mm -hmm. you know? So I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. Instead of like winning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also think in general, that type of conversation-based situation, I think it can work really well if you're someone who is good at conversation or if you're uncomfortable opening up. Like we definitely saw that those that situation allowed people to be, I think, more vulnerable than they and ask deeper questions than they would have if mm-hmm. they were sitting in front of someone at a table at a coffee shop. Very quickly. I mean, these people proposed to each other and said, I love you within like days. six days. Yes. Yeah, five, six days. And it was like, you're the love of my life. What do you think it is about that? Okay, so personally, you've been with your husband, not married, but together for a decade. So yeah. you've kind of missed out on like, Bumble and Hinge and Tinder. Yeah. But I was literally sitting there being like, I have done this before, like so many times with right. like, I mean, you. I guess you do get to see this person or maybe you see like their Instagram or something, but it's like, that's literally what you do is like you form a bond over like a communication, right? And right. then you meet this person and it's like, are the, do they meet up to your expectations or are they completely different than this idea of this persona that you put onto this person? Completely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's weird how this this format was presented as so revolutionary because you're completely right. It's actually the norm these days and mm-hmm. totally mundane in the sense that everyone is using dating apps and that the primary mode of communication is conversation mm-hmm. behind a wall behind a screen, if you will. Yeah. And this has been happening long before dating apps too, because if you think of just the early aughts of the internet, people would meet on chat groups, people would meet in forums totally. and develop these online relationships. Yeah, and become pen pals and have this intense emotional connection where sometimes they wouldn't even be talking over the phone. It would just be text or email totally. conversation. And and so there's that's and, I mean, and they have many shows of that. Like it's all over Dr. Phil all the time <laughs> of like, I fell in love with this man and he lives in South Africa and he can't leave for some reason. Right. And I've given him $200,000. Yeah. Well, that's a different and, kind of yeah, thing. But but based catfish. on the same, yeah, it's all yeah. been kind of based on the same premise, which is that actually it really is easy to develop a quick and deep emotional bond with someone. But I also think it... The issue of it is that is that you lack the the real world experience you would get with a partner in terms of social situations, seeing mm-hmm. some, how someone treats a person in the service industry, for instance, how someone interacts with strangers. Mm-hmm. You're totally missing out on that, mm-hmm. which definitely, as we could see with some of the couples cause problems later on for them. So I right. do think there's this weird sense of of when you are just one-on-one with someone of being able to kind of close off the outside world, but and you you may be able to forge a really deep emotional connection, but that's not necessarily that doesn't make it viable. Yeah, well, world. I think that's like the, a huge premise of all those types of dating shows. I mean, whether you're in the Bachelorette or anything, it's like when you're not working, 
your family's not there, you're in Mexico on a paid vacation. Right. It it's pretty easy to fall in love, I think. The context. The context. Yeah, but the yeah, they they need you in that environment so that you can let go and and try and be vulnerable. Right. Be totally free of distractions. Yeah. And and obviously that's what these shows are are designed for. They're designed to get people to have those surge of feelings very early on. And then the whole drama and the trick of it is that how can you maintain those initial feelings mm-hmm. when you're presented with these outside obstacles? Mm-hmm. But I think for most relationships to work, you need the opposite to occur. You need to be presented with outside obstacles right from the jump. Yeah. And then eventually have time and distance to really connect more one-on-one. But yeah, just super interesting. Super interesting. And I liked how – did you like how they showed – because at first they showed a couple relationships and I was like, okay, so this experiment is working for everyone. But then they showed us little snippets of people who did kind of date each other in the pods and it didn't work. You right. know, we saw those snippets of someone, uh, you know, just saying a rude comment like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I guess if there was 16 men and, and then 13 uh, women and only six couples went to Mexico, so not everyone made it. Right. Completely. Which yeah. I think was – I also liked that fact of it that I felt like it was a little more realistic that they weren't trying to force something. Mm-hmm. Whereas even con- previous contestants of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette have admitted that they didn't necessarily feel a connection with the lead, but they wanted to stay on the show to travel or whatever. And I think totally. this was this was a quarantined enough environment that it's like, you don't want to be chilling here, speed dating nine hours a day in this dark house with no windows mm-hmm. with a group of women who you don't know, unless you're really in it. Totally. You know? Totally. So I liked that. But- Let's start chatting about the couples. Okay. Okay. I mean, and we'll get into some of the specific situations that occur later as we kind of go through it. But just right off the bat, let's kind of discuss the pod connection and then the proposal. For Let's start with Lauren and Cameron because <laughs> okay. they were the first couple to get engaged. Okay. Um, I don't off the top of my head remember their proposal. So Cameron was the guy who worked for AI. Yeah. Yeah. Class, class, class. I love Cameron was my favorite for yes. sure. Yeah. He was such a calm guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought their connection- Super intelligent. Super intelligent. Good looking. Good looking. Amazing teeth. Mm-hmm. He and- I think that he and Lauren are the best looking couple on the show. Like- She is stunning. She's stunning. They both have perfectly symmetrical Mm -hmm. faces and incredible smiles, I was noticing. And like incredible bods. You saw them in Mexico and you were just like, hot damn. And from the research I've done, they're still together. Spoilers, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Um, Well, because this was filmed apparently in 2018. So it's been like 15, 16 months since. Which was some- It's ended. So these people- have been together for that amount of time, so and we'll we'll get into kind of where they're at now later okay. on. But that's some juice that I didn't know that this was filmed so long ago, and I'm I'm just dying to see uh, how this all plays out. But so the proposal, yeah. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great. I just I like them together from the jump. I mm-hmm. think they were lovely. She seemed like at times 
kind of awkward around him and I couldn't tell if she's was camera shy and she just wasn't fully comfortable in front of the cameras but did you notice how they did a lot of like sideways hugging and like petting where or he a lot would of, like arm yeah, holding yes. that seemed awkward or like when they were standing on the balcony and she of would his be house. like Cameron and yeah, like do I, that I don't know. smile that's probably a, that's, a, that's hard to, to like decipher because I don't know if I, I've, I'm fairly certain I'd be super shy if I was in front of cameras for the first time and I had no idea and you're trying to fall in love with someone and totally. be like, yeah. Although she is Seems like a, lot of a content creator, but maybe that means she's behind the camera. Yeah, often. you're behind it and then you post it out and you have nothing to do with it, <laughs> not live in front of it. Well, she's posting selfies. She's out there now. <laughs> okay. But um, okay, and let's talk about Jessica and Mark. So much to say, but let's just talk about Ooh. their initial kind of uh, – connection they're both talked about how they love italian beef mm-hmm. and that was the ba- the, the foundation and of their and golden retrievers and they're both from chicago and that was the foundation of their uh entire uh-huh. relationship and that was really. mentioned about seven eight different times right and they were they were like we're literally the same person yeah. can you believe it we both love golden retrievers and italian beef yeah meant to be we're both christian or the exact same mm-hmm. and that was that I, I was really rooting for them because I did think they had a nice, easy connection. But then she – it was apparent how much more into Barnett she was Well, than- if we're talking about the proposal, it literally – like, I don't know if this is how it actually goes because, you know, obviously the producers can cut it however it is. But it literally looked like Barnett said, like, I don't think it's going to work out between us. And she left that pod and went into the pod with Mark and said yes to him. Okay, there was a there was like a night in between. Okay. Because but let's break this whole thing down because this was a really interesting sequence of events. She's in the room with Barnett and it, it, she likes the way that he sounds like her type, right? And she admits mm-hmm. that she wanted to do this experiment because she has been known to go for a certain type of men, namely athletic potentially douchebaggy type men mm-hmm. not to say that athletic men are or douchebags in nature but but right so she like was, a fratty yeah so she was like, like a bros I, bro right right so she she kind of goes for a bros bro type of guy and then mark is maybe not as much and she could tell i think just from chatting barnett that he fit that type more and i did mm-hmm. think they had a good connection but literally barn she says like what are you thinking like would you marry me and this is what he said he said if there were no <laughs> if there were no other women in this experiment, I'd choose you. Yeah. And she took that to literally mean, okay, he, I'm the, I'm I'm the, the one. one. Yeah. I'm the number one. I took that to mean you're fucking last. Yeah, that like if there was no one else on this earth, <laughs> yes. Would, yeah, I'd marry us. you. <laughs> that made me yeah. die because I was just like, girl, you would like you literally didn't hear him. She yeah. all she heard was, Yeah, I would choose you. When really he was saying no, you're my kind of my last pick right now, actually. Right. And at, for her, as the show progresses, it really just from the very beginning seems like she wanted this to work out so badly or wanted whatever this show had to offer. She's like, I'm in. I'm going through with it 100,000%, whether it's the love of my life or the second best. Like, I'm, I signed up for this and I'm going through it. Totally. I think she didn't want it all to be for nothing. Correct. Yeah. So after she says that to Barnett and he – basically there's a moment when 
he later the next day says, she says, like, what, did you still mean what you said yesterday? And he says something that confuses her. And that's when she decides, okay, you don't know what you want. I'm out of here. And remember, she goes up to Amber and she's like, be careful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he wants. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And and then it's literally the next day that she says yes to Mark. So mm-hmm. it's all within, I think, less than 48 hours that she goes from wanting Barnett to propose to her to then accepting Mark's proposal. And Which seemed like a struggle. But then again, I don't... She was like, he was like, will you marry me? And she's behind the couch. And remember, she didn't like say anything. Out. She's she crying. Like didn't say anything. And she's like, shit. And we're like, okay, yes, I'll do it. And he's and he goes, hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, it's so, hello. so sad. Mm-hmm. I also liked it when, in general, when the men who were proposing would say, like, okay, come up to the wall. Yeah. So that they could kind of be on the same page, like out of nowhere when they're like, I love you. And the girl's like, she's laying behind the couch or she's like collapsed in the corner of the room. I was like, this doesn't feel right, Mm-mm. you know? Um, But I love that Giannina proposed right back to oh Damien. Oh my gosh. That whole thing was hilarious. To me, Just- that was indicative of, hey, she's, she's confident. She likes to be in control. Mm-hmm. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. And... I proposed back to my husband, not immediately, but a couple months later. And it was a really cool thing. But I think totally just the fact that she – I liked – I mean, I really enjoyed that about her, that she was like, I want us to start off on equal ground mm-hmm. and be like equal partners in this. But okay, so let's transition that one, that to talking about that. one was hilarious. Them. What did you find so funny? The box. The, the – the, Well, the bow tie and like open up the box. He's like <laughs> – I left you a box in the room. Do you see it? And she like unwraps it and it's empty. <laughs> and she's like, and she's yeah. like, there's nothing in here. And he's like, I know because I'm your present. <laughs> and then he gives her the bow and he's tied around his wrist and he's sobbing and he, his like jaw is shaking mm. and he's like, you have all of me. And if I were her in that moment, I would have been like, I don't know if I want. All, all of, of you, you yet yeah yet like this is over fucking these, these people were a thousand percent in there was every single one of them said i love you to each other yep and they're like i want you for the rest of my life yeah not having seen them mm-hmm. they said ages but it was never fully discussed what they could and could not say but they definitely didn't say like um their sexual preferences their race well some of them we know but during the in the pods, I don't think they did. Maybe they did, but the only one that well, because yeah, there were so some surprises afterwards that like, right? So well, clearly for one, but then they didn't say. No, you're you're yeah. right, and I think there were some things that were like you can't. We don't want you. Like I couldn't. No one was going in there being like, "What color is my your name's hair?" My name's Dane. I'm six foot two. Yeah. I have blue eyes, blonde hair. I weigh this much. You had right. to just get like a. You could be like, oh yeah, I'm like taller and I'm physical. You know, I like to run, but you couldn't really like to the T explain exactly how you look. So right. these people did, they had a general idea, but um, yeah. it, no, it was a, still, yeah. That's a good point. And it's, I am interested to know to what level they discuss things because on the one hand, why I appreciate this show versus something like The Bachelor, which even if you've seen only a little bit of The Bachelor, you kind of can understand this, but they'll be in conversation with each other on a date. 
And they probably talk about a lot of stuff, but the way that they, the producers edit the show, it makes it look like they only ever talk about wanting to fall in love. Like their conversation mm-hmm. will literally consist of, I really want, just want to have a fun day with you. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, I am having fun. And they'll be like, do, can you, do you like see yourself getting there? And they'll be like, yeah, I can kind of see myself maybe somewhere down the line potentially falling for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they only, they don't talk, they don't show, them talking about religion, politics, lifestyle things. They show them talking about, oh, my parents were divorced or my parents have been together for a thousand years. And it's like, fucking great. So it's 50% right. on either side. Cool. But what I, I like- I think that stuff is just mundane and boring to a TV show. So they just cut that out. But, but I'm assuming see, that they got to be talking about that if they're in there for hours. Isn't that I, I No, I assume so up? too. But that's what I'm saying. I don't- I think the Bachelor producers think- that stuff is not things that the audience wants to see. Mm-hmm. But I think the Love is Blind producers gave the audience that credit and said, like, we're not going to dumb this down for you. We're going to show you some of the meatier conversations because we know that's real life. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that because I was like, I do want to know you guys talking about your lifestyles and your jobs and all of those things. But I, but they didn't show us so much. So I am curious, like, did they talk about how they – if they want to have kids, do they want to raise their kids – with a certain religion, you know, mm-hmm. where do they want to live? How, what are their finances like? I thought that was something really unique that I actually really did like about this because like The Bachelor, you know, it's like, okay, we're in love and we're going to do this, but I'm an attorney in New Jersey and then someone owns like their own store in California and it's like, well, fuck, now one of you is going to have to move or do this. Every single one of them was from Atlanta lives in Atlanta. Totally. So it was totally feasible for them to continue dating afterwards because it's I like you live in the same city. So yes, you could combine your lives compared to like something else where it's like someone's going to have to make a huge radical change if we want to continue seeing each other or, you know, we're dating long distance or someone's quitting a job Completely. to where this is like totally feasible that we could just continue dating after this. No, that was super smart of them to do. It kind of reminded me, there was a show that was only on for a few seasons. I think it was on TLC, and mom and I watched it together, and it's called Married at First Sight. Totally. Watched that too. Okay. And so that was similar to this in the sense of- Like New Jersey, New York. They were were kind of close. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really fascinating show, and a couple of the- two couples from the very first season are still together, but they get married- they literally have their wedding day and they walk down the aisle and that's when they're seeing the person for the first time. They've never spoken to them. They get married. And but then, in that show, though, they had a psychologist, a therapist, like yes. a sex doctor, therapist, therapist yeah. that literally matched to the T like for each person. Like you guys are – we all three of us professionals agree that – you two would be a match, and then they set them up. That's true. This in this show, I don't know if they had no, no, like the, any this... people talking beforehand. Like, I think these two would be a good match, or let's see if they even couple themselves. This was just kind of talk right. to each other for hours on end, and this see was if you fall in love. left to their own devices. Yeah. But it was the same in the sense of we're going to put you in this controlled environment, and then you have to emerge out of this environment and figure out how to make it work with this person. Mm. And in the love is blind case, the stakes are that you say goodbye to this person forever or you get married. But at Married at First Sight, it was gnarly. It was treated a lot more intensely because they were like, you're getting a divorce or you're staying married. You mm-hmm. were already married. Yeah, so, you're already married if you decide to go through with this. Right. Yeah. So they literally moved into each other's homes as is, went to their work, their jobs every day and just had to figure out how to be married from the jump. Mm-hmm. But 
to where this show, they didn't really explain it, but it alluded to like game time was at the altar. Is someone going to say yes or no? Not yeah. like, okay, we said we're going to get married in the pods and now we're going to go on a vacation then move in with each other. Yeah. Which I didn't pick up on until later. So it was like, oh, like this isn't for sure a deal yet. Right. It's it's game time is when you guys are both standing up there and they're going to ask you, do you, yes or Completely. no? And then that's the whole end of the show. And so uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about, how what issues they address and then don't address mm-hmm. in the pods. I want to talk about this because it was such an intense, dramatic situation and then they were gone from the screens. But Diamond and Carlton, mm-hmm. do you remember that couple? Yes. So Carlton is bisexual or fluid, and he decided to wait to tell Diamond that until after he had already proposed to her. And it ended up in this huge blowout. And I just want to know what your thoughts were on that, because to me, it just bummed me out so much that he reacted the way he did, because Mm -hmm. I think... I think he was so admittedly nervous about how she would respond to news like that. Mm -hmm. And he literally said, like, my biggest fear is that someone wouldn't walk down the aisle to me because of who I am. Right. So he procrastinated it. But then when he did tell her when she had pause about it, which I think that's a natural reaction. Once they said they were getting married to each other, once they proposed. Right. And and they're in Mexico now. And she, I think, reacted normally and Mm -hmm. we don't know what was in her head and we don't know if you know i don't think she was responding like i don't know if i can date someone who has a fluid sexual or marry someone with a fluid sexuality Mm -hmm. i think she was reacting to the fact of like whoa this is a huge part of your identity and you didn't clue me in on that before you proposed yeah which i think is a valid reaction because it is a huge part of your identity completely and that's obviously she, she i think he blew it so out of proportion because he was so scared of rejection that he was really projecting a lot of his insecurity onto her. Yeah, I think he got the exact response out of her that he wanted, unfortunately. Like, looking from, like, a third-party point of view, um, it, it seemed like he, in order, because he's been rejected before, that he, like, provoked her to act the way she did instead of just letting her respond and letting her be calm about it. Because it is a huge part. And she she was more so not upset at him for um, that he was bisexual. It was just that this is a huge part of who you are as a person and why you didn't want to tell me that when we were talking about everything else. And that's kind of what she was just trying to... Right. You know, like, process. Completely. Like, he didn't and give her... And then he kept on just, like, prodding, He didn't give prodding, her the prodding. grace... To and also he he was like I understand if you need some time but then he didn't really give her time like she was like mm-hmm. yeah I kind of just want to talk through it with you and he immediately jumped on her case when she raised super valid questions just asking why would you wait to tell me this mm-hmm. and he I think you're totally right it was kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy like mm-hmm. he was like she's gonna freak out she's gonna reject me see I told you this was gonna happen exactly and, and it's like yeah you manifested that fully to happen fully and then you organized he, it to happen, but then he gets like. to remain right mm-hmm. and he gets to be the one who's right and who's been victimized in that situation and it was just like really upsetting to see because i think it was indicative to me of of a culture maybe he grew up in or mm-hmm. i don't know where he was from or the people he's 
been surrounded by or raised by in his life. But to me, that was really suggestive of the fact that he'd experienced a lot of repression and judgment mm-hmm. for his sexuality. And in and then it's like repression breeds internalized homophobia, breeds insecurity, mm-hmm. makes it – it just sets up a, all this host of issues mm-hmm. for being in a relationship with someone else. And it just made me so sad because – I mean, I just hope he's learned from that experience. Yeah. About like, hey, give first of all, don't self-sabotage. Give someone the opportunity to respond to you in a loving way and to accept you for who you are, but you have to give them that chance. You can't right. force you can't like trick them by omitting a big part of your identity. And then mm-hmm. she was like, This is a big part of who you are. And he was like, No, it's not though. It's like, yeah, dude, it is, or you wouldn't have been so freaked out to say it. Yeah. And and his response to it was he's like, Well, no one's ever had a problem with it. Why are you having a problem with it? Which wasn't and, true because he said before true, that yeah. everybody had a problem with it. Yeah. And and to her, I don't even think she was really even seemed like that was the bisexuality was the biggest question. It was more of just like, we went through this whole process with you omitting a huge part of who you are. Is that like something that's going to continue through the future of our relationship? Is there other things that you are afraid to tell me or will be afraid to tell me in the future? Exactly. And like, that's kind of what I'm questioning now. Completely. And she was right too, because I think she started, she didn't like some of his behavior even before he told her that, you know, Mm -hmm. he was saying some stuff and she was like, boy, watch yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but the way he reacted, calling her a bitch and the whole thing and her throwing the ring, it was- And then throwing the drink in his face. I've always wanted to do God, it was incredible TV, Mm -hmm. but really tough to watch on one hand. Uh, I hope that they're both doing okay now and we're able to look back at this and sort of see where the other person was coming from because I think in the moment it just got so intense and Mm -hmm. they both got so defensive. Mm -hmm. But- Anywho, moving on to (laughs) um, something else. Okay, so let's get to Mexico. What did you think of the twist that Nick and Vanessa Lachey were like, and you're going to see all the other couples at the same resort? Okay, so at at first I'm like, you know, that's not that big of a twist or whatever. But then I didn't – I started putting together. I'm like, oh, right. All the guys know what the guys look like. All the girls know what the girls look like. But then – the you know the girls don't know what the other guys that they've been talking to look like and totally. vice versa or you know like in Jessica's case like here comes Barnett and like did he like oh. live up to you and like ah shit he did live up to what I thought <laughs> and like damn it I really wish I would have had him instead of Mark she uh, was so, so that was juicy that she was, was hilarious so obviously attracted to him it was oh crazy gosh. she saw him and she was like ah mm-hmm. hilarious and her in Mexico I could not fucking handle. The way she acted. First of all, getting so, okay, getting yeah, blasted good. off of red wine. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entirety the inti- of well, the show. The, the, the entirety of the show. Red wine is her drink of choice. That's, mm-hmm. That much is clear. No shade Mayomi, to that. Mayomi. Mayomi cab. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. She going to get a sponsorship after this. <laughs> oh my God. Have you tried it? Now I want to yeah. go like, it's get like it. A, it's like a decent like... Nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that is hilarious. I was sort of like, girl, mix it up with a margarita or something. Yeah. Okay, but... so like in my little notes that I found, please, it did say that she like got interviewed after this, and she said that she knew in Mexico she was going to say no. Yeah. Oh, Wh- yeah. Which, if you're if you've watched the show, you, you knew from the before no she said yes to marrying him, you knew that th- this was not going to work out. 
You knew. It was doomed from the start. It was she doomed. was fighting against her truth the entirety <laughs> of this time. Let's hear she it. She literally, like, if you actually want to know what it's like to not be, like, living in accordance with the your best self in life, watch her. And you can see her fighting her truest self the whole time. That is so true. Which is so hard to like it was as to watch. So and you're like, oh my gosh, like how can you not see this when everyone else sees like this is obviously not the correct thing for you. And cle- that's that's such a good point. Clearly she knew she felt that way the entire time. Mm-hmm. But like we said, I think she I think she struggles with insecurity issues and I think she is clearly insecure about her age. And yeah. the fact that she was like, oh, no, I'm already 34, which, by the way, is not that, like, whatever, you know, it's not old. No, not at but all. But she was like, I'm already 34, and I'm doing this experiment, and I think she just really didn't want the experiment to fail, yeah. you know? And But in Mexico, she literally says, I'm not attracted to Mark at all, and she said, I don't like kissing him. Mm-hmm. It's not good. She doesn't want to. They don't want to, ha- or she doesn't want to have sex with him. And I don't think you know. Mark's, I guess, shorter, but I thought he was a good-looking cat. He was. I, I he didn't is. see anything wrong with the guy. Mark is handsome. Yeah. He was kind of giving me like Rami Some Malek personal, vibes. Yeah, totally. Personal trainer too. Mm-hmm. Looking fit. fit Definitely and was all- seemed way older personality-wise than his age too. Well, he For was twenty-four. Way- he was like. More emotionally intelligent than she was in that experiment for sure. And so he is completely like – I was really impressed with how he responded to her at every turn Mm -hmm. because he was so understanding and patient and still really committed to the idea of marrying her even when she said in more ways than one, like, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. And she takes off her ring I, I she was all over the place. It was and then, so and then hard she to would watch. meet one of her friends and be like, "He ticks every single box. Oh. I am madly in love. Oh my god, he is everything. The sex is incredible. He's all this." And then the very next second, she'd be with him and be like, Ugh, "Get away from me! Like this is not working. I think it's just our age." Or you know, she is so many times it would be she would like try and convince him the same thing that she felt, and it just was not flying with him. She he'd be like. <laughs> You know, we're like our our age is such a different and like twenties for me were the best time in my entire life. I could never imagine getting married at twenty four. You would miss out on all that, and he'd be like, "He's like, I don't care." Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm in love, and that's what you do. And it was like she's like, she's like damn, ah. like I cannot. She's like, crack this guy. Yeah. She's like, okay, let me take the mom angle. Yeah. Your mom's gonna be real pissed, uh-huh. and then he's like, no, I swear, she's yeah, gonna be the most yeah. supportive. And she gets there, and she's like, oh yeah, whatever. And she's like, god damn, yeah. Like, and she's like, I'm glad he's dating someone older because the women his right. age are not mature enough. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> At every turn, every she's turn just, she could not. She was definitely trying to get him to be the one to break up with her, mm-hmm. and he was just so steadfast mm-hmm. in his love for her and his determination to make it work. And I don't really understand why he was so into her. Also, what do you think about the baby voice? It that my drives me nuts. Yeah, personally. But I mean, I get. I just feel. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I just feel really connected to you, and baby. I mean, I know, like, personally in relationships, that it's like sometimes, like, as a couple, you have like, you know, like little voices or ticks or things you sure. do with like certain words and stuff that are cutesy to each other. But like, 
N- not just a full on 180 switch like that. That that is. Oh, that. Was... And it was driving our mom nuts. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. She could just... not stop talking about that. <laughs> She's like, "Is anyone else hearing this?" Yeah. You're like, "Yeah." She's like driving. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was wild to watch. And she did it with Barnett too. Every time mm-hmm. she would go and speak to Barnett, she'd be like, like, then you think like we just had a connection like mm-hmm. me and you. And he was like, well, we did, but now I'm with Amber and I'm pretty happy with that decision. Yeah. She could not crack him either. She was no. kept just trying to like manipulate She's these like, men into thinking yeah. the same way as her. Why would you think that I still like you? Like, oh my gosh, that's so – that's. <laughs> Barnett, that's not how I think. And it's like they're having a one-on-one conversation that she It's like, why are you sitting here talking to him again about this? Like that's her, exactly what you said. Her like fake surprised face when he goes uh-huh. and he said it in the most mild way too, where he was mm-hmm. like, he was like, I don't know, it kind of made me just wonder if you had been questioning it and maybe you weren't sure about the decision mm-hmm. you made. And she was like, no where on earth did you get that idea just absolutely flabbergasted it's like bitch please totally or that she was like yeah he acts this way with amber but if he was with me he'd be like more emotionally intelligent sophisticated that was such a low comment yeah yeah which he was he was actually different than i thought he was going to be i thought he was pretty even keeled yeah well i thought he kind of was that like frat bro initially and then he was it kind of turned out not to be. Or I mean, maybe he was just he like is, a little goofier, right. funnier, humble with like, you know, quieter than I thought. Yeah. Calmer. Calmer. He yeah. reacted really calmly to, I thought he handled all those situations really well because he stood his, he, he was listening to both her. Parts. He didn't like shut her down. Yeah. yeah. Amber too. I, I mean, oh, they yeah, both, both kind of were like, it's happening. Like I'm not going to get yeah. like too defensive or yeah. jealous right now. He listened to Jessica when she wanted to talk, but then he was very like clear about being like, well, I'm really happy with Amber. Things are going great. And she was mm-hmm. like, you are. I love that. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, you don't. No, you but don't. with Amber too, when she would say, <laughs> when she was like, so I have a credit card that's full of debt that I buy makeup with mm-hmm. and I've never paid like my student loans. And he was just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, all wow. right, wow, wow, taking wow. it in, you know, but clearly he – had to take that into consideration before they decided to say I do. And yeah. And again, back into my dossier here, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where it is, but I read something that that was like slightly taken out of context on her part or the reason she didn't have a job is because they couldn't for this show. And so she had to like, Oh, you know, so it wasn't sure, like, sure. we weren't getting the I'm homeless picture. with this huge amount of debt. And I've like, I'm, I don't work, you know, it was right. kind of like, yeah, I don't currently, I had to quit my job to come on to this show to try and find love. Got it. Got it. The things we do for love. Man. Hey, I get it. Um, Which he, she wasn't the only one. There was um, – Damien did too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he says that on the he show. says it, yeah. Yeah. He was nervous about having to find a job. So uh, really quick, one thing that I – I mean, we could talk forever about Jessica and Mark, but yeah. she was – some a few things I just wanted to pull out. Mm-hmm. She had a panic attack trying on the wedding dresses. Mm, mm-hmm. If that wasn't a signal, okay, I don't know what it is. Um, whenever she would speak to Barnett, her body language was complete. Com- a thousand percent different. 
180 opposite than the language, the body language she would mm-hmm. have with Mark. She was leaning in. She was sexing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. She was engaged. Flipping her hair she was every couple her hair. seconds. Yeah, even more than the normal thing that she would do with mm-hmm. her hair. Um, and she seems like a pretty like independent, powerful person. And yeah. then that also deteriorated a little bit when she was with Barnett. She was very like more submissive, mm-hmm. more wanting to be like softer and accommodating. And with mm-hmm. Mark, she's kind of like, get can you get used me. to this fucking red wine mouth <laughs> yeah. and this crazy like bird's nest hair? Because you're gonna have to. Oh. Um. And okay, something. <laughs> I I so listeners, I had a total yeah. complex after watching this show because the like. I think because of – Jessica's a beautiful woman, but because of the way she was behaving, she started to look less and less attractive mm-hmm. as the series progressed. And her hair, when it, especially when she was drunk and out in the wind in Mexico, was just looking like really ratty and stringy. And I, and I texted Dane like a picture of myself with my hair as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> do I have the same hair as Jessica and do I need to go like diet and chop it right yeah, now? Immediately buzz it off. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, also, I want to say that she gave her dog red wine. Yeah. Please tell me that you saw that. Yeah. She said he loves it in the middle of like a serious conversation. She tipped her glass, her goblet, uh-huh. rather, down yeah. to the dog. The dog lapped up that red wine. She goes, mm-hmm. he loves red wine. And then she takes a sip. Yeah. I I couldn't. In that moment, I paused she the show. She definitely like, like uh, drank her way through that show. She had to she and she was probably doing that just to get through it and to try to feel some semblance of calm around Mark because clearly in her heart she was like this is so like you said out of alignment with what I know to yeah. be true that just to make herself feel sane she probably felt like she had to drink well, and if she and- knew since Mexico that I'm not going through with it like I don't know what like you know if it's we're paying you $10,000 if you make it to the wedding day and if you end early, because obviously you can, because um, the, sorry, what were their names? Diamond, Diamond and Carlton. Yeah, yeah. It's like broke up and it ended. So she could have, you know. Maybe there was a monetary incentive or a contract or something. Just ended it at any point in time and like stopped the bleeding. Right. But. Okay. Let's talk about Giannina and Damien. Let's do it. Thoughts? The way she spoke, it seemed like there was... Like her words were like magical butterflies like <laughs> floating around in the air. And she would just like softly like pick and choose each one to form a sentence. <laughs> That's the best description I've ever heard. That's it. That's yeah. fucking it. She was like. And she has some kick-ass style. I will say that. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. I I actually I want to know what she did. What was what her business? Oh, I don't know. Because it says she was a business owner. That was yeah. her job. We'll find out later. But. Yeah. She, I thought she was so cute and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like she made incredible TV, and totally. yeah, that's she did seem like a little like, like a little Cinderella could or whatever. Who's the Disney? Is it Cinderella with has the birds on her shoulder and mm-hmm. stuff like that? You could totally see that. And when she says Snow like, White. when she was like, I lost my butterflies, mm-hmm. you could literally picture the butterflies like. Like I, going I around saw her them, head, like, yeah, and then like disappear, <laughs> and they were leaving. Yeah, like, shit. <laughs> oh, that's such a good way of, of describing her. Yeah, she was full of drama, and I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved when she was just like. So when you say that we have sex, and it's the best sex you've ever had, 
you notice I don't say the same thing. And he was that like, that was cold blooded. That was fucking cold. That was hard. That was brutal. I was glad they weren't in the same room. He took that because, one on the chin. Yeah. 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 That was rough. And he, and, but then he tried, he immediately goes, you have said other things like, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. That you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you were sighing really fucking heavy. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what did you think about their dynamic? I thought they were both two really strong personalities. Yeah. And I think also being from South America too, she just is like, just, it's a totally different culture. And it's just, she has that like fire and yes. that spunk that it yeah. seemed like he didn't have initially. But then it was like, whoa, maybe you do have You are it. so dramatic, bro. I like, think I didn't, that came out of nowhere for me. Totally. I think he's a full-on diva, and mm-hmm. I just think that he didn't want his partner to also be dramatic. He wanted to be the only one, mm-hmm. and when he realized, like, she's up, she's down, which on the one hand, uh, I don't know. I I get frustrated by when in the media or in just in life, women are put into this box of, she's crazy. Like, crazy sure. is this, and that has a a long, long history with mm-hmm. bad implications, that term being used to describe women's like physical or mental like health issues. Yeah. But that is sort of this used as this catch-all phrase to describe anything a woman does that a man doesn't uh, like or mm-hmm. approve of. And I thought I, Damien was definitely giving me those vibes about mm-hmm. how he was responding to her. Because on the one hand, I can understand his perspective. She was a bit up and down with her feelings and overtly emotional, but it's also like, okay, she's a human being. And you're put in this show, which I think all of them were, you know, you go to bed and you're like, yeah, fuck it. Okay. I'm marrying you. I've, I've known you for six hours in a room. And then we've spent, you know, the last three weeks together. Like, yeah, we're getting full on married. And then 30 minutes later, you're like, holy shit, we're getting married. Uh, uh, Maybe this isn't the right decision. Yeah. And so I totally understand. Like, I, I'm sure I'd be doing the same exact thing any, too, up any, and down. Like, any normal, sane person would. And I think I, I just thought that he, she would display that kind of indecisiveness, which is natural and expected in that type of really difficult, highly pressurized situation. Mm-hmm. And then he would kind of like gas light her like he would close himself off to her like when they were on the boat she asked him a totally like normal question like oh what do you why don't you want to go home like Mm -hmm. you know what are you trying to escape from and he was like oh just you know nothing and he wouldn't really respond to her and then she would sort of be like why aren't you giving me like this this connection this conversation Mm -hmm. why aren't you opening yourself up and then he would be like you're fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and it was like he would shut himself off to her but then when she got when she reacted to that closure, he was like, see, this is how you are. Yeah. It was really hard to watch. Did you feel that same way though? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I don't know how like thoroughly I'm assuming that, you know, if they're sleeping with each other, there's huge conversations like in bed and in the morning and at night that they're having with each other that we don't know. I'm sure. What's going on. Cause I mean, at the end he says no because of her, not because of him. Right. You but know? then again, it's like, was that kind of emotionally manipulative of him yes. to be like, I've been totally. steady, you fucking haven't. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, he, he, he was doing that the whole time. And at the restaurant too, I uh, forget what he said, but he said something manipulative again too about that like, 
I'm going to stop reacting this way. And that, it, you know, you're going to have to change if, if that's, right. you want to continue with me. Right. Yeah, it was a very strange. I thought he was kind of this sweet guy at first who felt just so lucky to be with this bombshell. Mm-hmm. And then it was clear that he was really controlling. And not to say that she doesn't have that energy too, but I think the way he reacted to a lot of things just really put me off. They had moments of of acting like complete adults and then moments of like both of them being like very immature and young. Yes. Together. Yeah. And, it, and it, like it weaved in and out and you didn't know when it was coming. Yeah. Completely. Which uh, is hard to be in this kind of like scenario that they're in and to not be like, let's, we need to act like adults because this is a crazy, yeah. we're living together and I've met you two weeks ago. Totally. And I actually thought that on the opposite end, I was surprised by how mature I thought Barnett and Amber were. Mm-hmm. Once they moved in together, you know, didn't mm-hmm. you think? I mean, they still were kind of just silly and enamored with each other, but I thought there was this element of like, even I know a lot of people have given her a lot of heat, like after watching this show, because they're just her. like, she's wild. I loved her too. Plus, she was the like the, the, one of the most genuine ones out there. Me too. I thought she was completely authentic. Yeah. And was she a little bit try hard? 100%. But she seemed like the person who was most committed to just like being absolutely who she was. Totally. Yeah. And Barnett learned to love that. Yeah. And like it was obvious that she was trying hard when there's other couples on there that were like, like Jessica, literally like trying for her life. And it's so apparent that that is, that's not authentic. Completely. Yeah. That's, yeah. The the contrast between the two. Uh Like, and so you think Barnett, like, why do you think that he likes Amber? Oh, we, we talked about it. I said uh, <laughs> that I think that she rocked his world, like literally <laughs> rocked his socks off. I'm sure that when In they the like- In the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that 100%. And I think he seems like the type of guy who really, because when, when his mom- Loves had- a partner like that, I think, too. Completely. When Amber's mom asked him, why do you love my daughter? He said, like, she lets me completely be who I am and she loves me for that. Mm-hmm. And so He said that multiple – he said that to his brother. He said yep. that a lot of times too, which I yeah. think – you know, which is – as a viewer, I'm like, what weirdness are you talking about? Or like, what? Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see what you were talking about that, like, it'd be weird that someone wouldn't like you for. But obviously, you know, again, there's probably more that goes on that we don't see. And also, I'm kind of like, okay, but why do you like her too? Like, do you Mm -hmm. like – I mean, he said she's confident and he's never met a woman so confident before. Mm -hmm. But clearly, he is someone who wants that validation and really needs that in a partner. Like, he needs someone to just be adoring him. Mm -hmm. And then he'll sort of take that and run with it. Yeah. And so, I think the fact that she from the get-go was like – she even said it's Barnett or Bust for me. Like, he – Liked that, appreciated that, and he was kind of like, yeah. "Shit, that's yeah. it." So I actually really liked them together. Me too. Uh, okay, we haven't talked about Kelly and Kenny, and, Kenny. and I and I am. This is was the most shattering yeah. thing for me because I the loved- most shattering because it, it was this was the biggest bomb in the sh- or like the what the fuck moment in the you show for me. I I didn't see. I coming, and I mean, they hit it you with it on what like episode nine, not the the one right before the final episode the where she was like. I see him. 
as, as a, a friend. friend. And he's kind of like friends out and you're like, what in the fuck? Like they you guys have been like all. all over each other this entire time. And it's like so cute. And honestly, it was like, they didn't seem like they were showing them that much in the show. It's because like, they both had their shit together. Yes. And they're like normal people. And you're like, oh, this is a fucking 100% going to work out. Yeah. They're totally fine. Kenny's got his stuff together. She's got hers like easy peasy. Like I thought so too. I thought that they had such a natural, like easy chemistry mm-hmm. and a great rapport. And they were, they both seemed really emotionally mature on totally. the same page with how they communicated to one another. And their chemistry was fire. Like in yeah. Mexico, they're like showering each other off. They're smooching in the waves. They're just like making out hard in bed. She was reaching for a kiss every yeah. second. Yeah. And he even said that he's like, she just, keeps wanting to make out with me and he's like i'm not complaining but then it went from that to being like friend zone ah he's a friend what do you think happened do you think something like just got in her head and she did like self-sabotage a bit i mean she did say that she goes for a different type killed me a couple times it killed me though because i thought and also their parents when they met that was the cutest fucking thing both their parents got married after three months you're like this is it. This, this is, is like the show. Love is blind. Mm-hmm. The show works. Find I have to too. read you a quote from that because I wrote it down. I just thought it was the sweetest thing that when they went and they had both of their parents meet each other, which no other couple mm-hmm. did to our knowledge. We didn't see that on the show. Even to me, I was like, wow, they both have incredible support systems. Mm-hmm. and Which is a, a make or break for me personally. Completely. Hold on. Give me one sec. Okay, so this quote when it's Kenny's mother and she says to the camera, a marriage is between two people, but it can be enriched by the support of the extended family. And Kenny and Kelly just won the lottery because both families were all in. That hit me so hard. That That, that was emotional. Love that. Loved that. I was like, these beautiful both sets of parents totally get Mm -hmm. it. They like the other person. They trust their children to make this right mm-hmm. decision. And then it just felt like out of nowhere, Ke- Kelly started freaking out. And she was like, he's a friend. And here's the thing. Do, you do you, girl, because getting married is no joke. And you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to to force your feelings to be where they're not. But it, it felt like it was right. It was either like something happened with her that the producers didn't show us or the producers didn't show us enough to capture the full complexity of their relationship mm-hmm. from the beginning because we were left as viewers feeling like blindsided. Like, wait, what the hell just happened? I thought they were perfect together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way the he- wedding, The way he ended it and how he was just so classy. Even Kelly's mom turned and was like, oh my God, I love this guy. <laughs> know. You know, like how, know. He, how he was just like- you know, I, I forget. I, I have it written down, but I don't want to look. But it was just like how he like thanked everyone for coming and said, you know, this is authentic. It's real. It's just, you know, not for right now. And it was just like so classy and, I mean, and just set out. And it was like, damn. Whose first reaction upon getting rejected at the fucking altar is to give a speech to the entire audience mm-hmm. and say, like, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for the support. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, a true like, gentleman. True gentleman. A true stand-up gentleman. guy. Like, I want to – if Kenny's already not in a relationship with someone, I want to set him up with anyone Kyle's I know out of single. <laughs> Kyle? <laughs> See you, Kyle. It's Kyle to Kenny, baby. Yeah. No, I think – Yeah, no. Uh, I, 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 was, I, I was saying that to my friend Chelsea that I was like – 
don't worry, Kenny, like after this show, brother, they're like, he's you're going have... to be flooded yeah. with date invitations. Totally. totally. Yeah. Um, really quick from the bachelorette party, I have to go back and address Amber's drunk crying face. Do you Hilarious. remember that? Hilarious. I wish that y'all could see us doing an imitation of it, but she was she was like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was exact that was perfect. Uh, and then she, she ends it with, I'm so drunk right now. Yeah. Which was beautiful. <laughs> but she's crying and just like fully guffawing and uh-huh. I thought she was like kidding at first. I was like, what's happening here? And then it was. No. That's just her. Oh, so good. Um, I loved the drama of Giannina's exit after Damien rejected her at the altar Mm -hmm. and how she she ran like a princess would do, probably. I mean, so, okay. So again, when I was looking at all this stuff afterwards, um, some of them apparently, like Jessica and Mark, for example, it was like, they talked like the day of the wedding and were like, I'm saying no to you. You know, like, so they, they talked about this beforehand. Like, no this way. wasn't like, so yeah, it alluded to the like, yeah, we talked. Like, I knew that they were going to so say Mark no. So stood up there and he- No, uh, but okay. So for in that case- they had like planned out like how many um, groomsmen there were going to be, how many bridesmaids. And she's like, I show up that day and there's like four more groomsmen than there was supposed to be. And she's like, oh shit, like he's going to say yes. Or like he's going to ask me, you know, or, and go through with it, even though we already discussed this and we said we were <gasps> both going to say no. So I don't know what happened in with with G and Damien. Like if they talked or not before and they were like, yes, we're fully in. Oh, and, and then, then he, he flipped the yeah, script. Yeah, like on, on stage. But I mean, I think... Fucking taking off my high heels and running would be my first reaction. A hundred percent. I just love how she she literally ran so far. She's like running across like Mm -hmm. a freeway, like a muddy bank, slips and falls. Mm -hmm. And then when she comes back, it felt so scripted to me how she's like, sits down in a chair. She's like, you want to talk? So let's talk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this girl is made for the soaps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If she's not on daytime television within a year from now, I'm going to be upset. Her mom, her mom, mom was so heartbroken. Afterwards. Also, what a babe, Milady. Oh my gosh. She, Milady runs. Wait, Milady is actually Milady the mom's name. Milady was her mom's name. And yeah. G's middle name? Milady. Mm-hmm. Milady. Milady runs after her. <laughs> and she's like, they were she's, the spitting image of each other. Spitting image. Oh she gosh. was stunning. And, mm-hmm. and Milady's like, that was so embarrassing. You should have yeah. said no. <laughs> <laughs> up i was like that's just the realest truth like uh-huh. she couldn't just help it it just comes yeah. out she was like oh like you should have said no Ooh, no yeah. <laughs> She's like mom please uh. like don't fucking remind me um also jessica didn't have a bouquet and i just thought that looked she looked so empty walking down the aisle she had no family to walk with her she had no yeah. bouquet and she had on some like and i forget which couple it was they weren't holding hands and that was like stressing me out the whole time they were standing there with their oh, hands by their it, side. Oh, I think it, it was Barnett and Amber. And they said yes, and their hand they like weren't just holding hands and I was like freaking out. So uncomfortable. Huh. Oh, so what do you think? You think love is blind? It it, it honestly it seems like love has 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> love has the eyes of a hawk. <laughs> okay. Love can see in the dark. <laughs> night vision with binoculars. <laughs> I love that theory. Uh, I also think, okay. I mean, it is, I think it is for, you know. I think here's, it can be. Here's my theory. I think love is blind, marriage isn't. Yeah. 
Sure, you can fall in love with someone. This has been proven, like you said, dating apps, internet relationships of your, you've got mail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Love is blind, but I'm not. Yeah, love is blind. (laughs) Humans are fucking not blind. And also to marry someone, it's... I don't know. The point the point of the experience of the experiment kind of goes back on itself because the whole thing is like is love truly blind as like freaking yeah. Nick and Vanessa Lachey couldn't stop saying reading off their teleprompter. It's like, yeah, you proved that love is blind because these five, like six couples initially fell in love and yeah. proposed to each other. Love is blind. Like I think we did it. That doesn't mean you can create a, a long-lasting marriage from that. Right. And like I, mean, I don't think love is enough to sustain a marriage. No, and it's like you know Deep emotional connection, sure, that it seems like that's blind. Yeah, but totally. Like, I've it's the Greeks have like five different words for love, and there's five different types of love. Oh, you know, where it's like a love of a friendship, like lust Mm. love, um, yeah, long love. And I so, like, I think you need a multitude of these loves, not just oh, we just had a deep emotional connection. Like, there's other things that go along with love that's that need to align other than just like. We're able to sustain a really long conversation and talk about, you know, my grandmother's passing and this and that. You know, that doesn't right. equate to, okay, we're going to have a healthy sexual relationship now too as well. And we're going to be married for 40 years. Completely. Just because I can talk openly to you. Right. It's like, okay, everyone can talk talk openly to someone. You're a pen pal. Mm-hmm. Right. That doesn't translate. Oh, so interesting. Um, so now – the tea is that Lauren and Cameron are still together. Mm-hmm. The first ones to get engaged, they were both so sweet. Cameron was especially just so emotional and sweet mm-hmm. and like protective over her. It was very cute. Andy handled talking to the father like a champion. Oh, And wow. how he ended it like, <clears throat> I want you to love me too. Yeah. I was a little nervous when he said that because I was like, don't push your luck, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, was sort of like, like, don't like jump on him and be like, I'm going to make you love me because I bet he's sitting there like, that's not what we're after no way right hell, now. Yeah. But I thought that father was, I mean, it was a little old fashioned that he felt like he really needed to like mm-hmm. give his permission or whatever. But it, But it was sweet how supportive he was of Lauren's choice, even if it was one that on the surface he might have – thought wasn't best for her or mm-hmm. whatever, but I think they have the legs to mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Amber and Barnett are still together. So it seems. They're not giving so me like okay, they're yeah, not giving Dane, me like definitives. So over Dane here. did some deep internet yeah, dives. I try to some at least social media stalking. So where are we now? So so Cameron and Lauren, I actually watched like a YouTube video and they're like sitting together holding hands and like talking and blah blah blah. It was so cute. Right, but then the um, Barnett and Amber, it was like, um, it's not easy to keep such a big thing a secret, like alluding to the fact that like, yeah, like we're still together and stuff, but like, you know, they weren't like saying like 100% yes and no. And also, there's a couple that didn't make it to Mexico that is married together. What do you mean they didn't make it to Mexico? They got kicked off the show and they met in the pods and they started dating after the pods and they're still together. Oh, so they didn't in, – in the pods they were sort of like, okay, this isn't working, but then they reconnected after the show? Yeah. I need to know all about them. Yeah. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Danielle Rose? Do we know her? I don't – that doesn't sound familiar. 
So they took their own vacation to Miami without the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't end up walking down the aisle. But after they got back from the trip, they... I don't know. Wait, iconic. They just yeah. gamed the system. They were like, I'm going to find a way to meet this person. I got you. Like, I'll see you after the show. Yeah, we're not in your... Uh, your little system here. Cute. Well, it was it was a truly fantastic show. It really was. Juicy as hell. Worth the watch. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, Dramatic. I think it really is kind of like the best of so many different reality dating shows. And then it also has the elements that the other shows are lacking, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the emotional connection, showing those deep conversations, forcing them to really live real life to an extent together. But then it has the drama. It was reminiscent to me of The Bachelor in the way that they went on these final dates before the before mm-hmm. the weddings, you know? Mm-hmm. And even I think it was Damien took Giannina on a helicopter ride. I was like, okay, classic, classic Bachelor move. Yeah. Um, and then in the fact that they made them, for the drama of the situation, dress up in get gowns. All gussied get up. all gussied. Get all gussied. Talk to their family the and friends. The whole deal. The whole deal. And spill their heart out too because I love how – did you love how the fake yeah, – Yeah, like, you have to like say some vows The before. officiant was – but he just goes – Share your thoughts now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. So <laughs> they're like, okay, well, Some here's my thoughts. Some of the officiants I did not like. There, no, was, I didn't. there was one guy that was good, but then there was yeah. a couple that no, were I sketchy. mean, they were just like budget officiants. Yeah. They all got married in the same room, pretty much. Except for Jessica was like, I'm not having this. <laughs> yeah. And she gets she's like, to get I'm married. Not having, in, I'm not getting married in that shithole. We're doing it at a nicer place. she's at like place. some fancy hotel. Yeah. Uh, but, but not to even get married. She <laughs> yeah. knew she wasn't going to get married, but she was like, if I'm walking down the aisle in it's a silk dress. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I really, I did like the the location aspect of the whole, that like the, everyone's from the same city. Because that to me Genius. seems feasible. Because all limit- the other shows, yeah. it just seems like, like once we're not, don't have any cameras on us, we're actually going to sit here. Like if that was me and you, Paige, like let's really sit down and talk. It's like, are you quitting your job and moving over here? No. Am I going to do, it's like, fuck, like the, the, those are huge decisions that really make like, are we going to date each other? Totally. Giant. Like, I live in the same city. I just, you know, live 15 minutes on the other side of town. Like, all right. Like, yeah, yeah. We can take slow and see if we can intermingle our lives. Location is a massive barrier to especially if you're doing like relationship. I'm just meeting you on the Bachelor Bachelorette, and we've known each other for it's been two months now, and now I'm going to pick up everything and move. And my family is leave them everything. You know, that that's a huge thing. It's one thing if you've been dating for you know. 15 years and it's like okay like we're gonna move to the east coast yeah but i hope they do a second series do you think this is a one-off i feel like it's been so successful that they'll do another one yeah i mean i think they got out of it exactly what they wanted so i'd love to see some Same. more yeah oh so good uh thank or they you. should do another one where they're like they get to see each other and they just don't speak <laughs> <laughs> And they just call it you love not is not yeah. blind. Yeah. yeah, they call it this one. They just, you, mm-hmm. to use your phrase, they call it love is twenty twenty, and it's just love is twenty twenty. And they just are, they're allowed to stare at each other mm-hmm. and and touch, but they can actually. Talk. There are there is a show like that in England, and it's and I can't remember what it's called, but basically the whole premise is there are people who are naked, five people, and then one person gets and they have like a barrier, like 
that goes up their body. So at first they see their feet mm-hmm. and they get to they have to eliminate a contestant each round. Mm-hmm. And so like they show their feet and then someone's like, nah, don't love those ankles. And they eliminate that person and it shows really? them their whole body naked. And then they're like, damn it, she was a beauty or whatever. Yeah. And then it shows them like literally their full private parts. And then the 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 host is this hilarious. So you're just out here picking ankles? No, you're seeing they they go like Oh, it raises. Round. Yes. Oh. So then you're seeing like their junk and then you're seeing their abs and or their lack thereof. And mm-hmm. then you're seeing their chests. And then, then at the very end is when you see their faces. So some people will eliminate someone based on their body. Mm-hmm. But they have like the most beautiful smile or mm-hmm. whatever. And then- it's wild. And the the host will stand there and literally say to them, like, what do you think of those pubes now? Are you, yeah. are you into a, <laughs> you into a bush situation or, or not? And it's like, it is absolutely wild. That's only hilarious. a show, only a show in England could do that. You yeah. know what I mean? We're such prudes in the United States. It would never, never fly. Never but That's hilarious. I know. Well, thank you so much for being yeah, thank you for my co-host me. today. It's I fun. have loved having you on. You've had great insight. Um, you guys, you can reach out to us at overanalyzingpodcast at gmail.com if you have feedback or ideas for the next thing you want us to discuss. And in the meantime, please feel free to leave us a rating and a review if you enjoyed it and share the episodes with your friends. We would love it so much. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks. Love y'all. Love y'all. See you on the next pod. Bye. Bye.